When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. The Flames continue on being in the middle. There's lots of turmoil in the NHL world. Thanks, Hockey Canada. Let's get into it. Well, as I said, flames in the middle. January has uh, continued on the same mediocre path that we've been uh, known to love for our beloved Calgary Flames, holding a whopping record of, I believe, six and five in the month of January. So 2024 is doing us no favors. <laughs> I mean, should we really be surprised? The Flames kind of like this whole win three, lose two, win two, lose three, win one, lose one type of thing that they've been doing for, uh, you know, 28 out of the last 30 years, 27 out of the last 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's it's been extremely painful to be a Flames fan for forever. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I talk about the lean 90s, but – but nobody really fully talks about the the lean two thousands either because it's Jesus it's been it's been a struggle. It really, the has lean twenty twenty threes and the lean twenty twenties. Yeah, the lean twenty two twenty three. The lean fifteen sixteen. The lean, the lean, the lean. Man, it's just up and down like. Welcome to the middle, middle of the pack. We're the Calgary Flames. We're either going to miss by two games or we're uh, leading the charge in all of the West. God knows. Hmm. <laughs> right up until the playoffs start, and then you kind of fizzle out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if you want regular season success, baby, the Flames are your team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, let's be honest. I, I know – I mean, I don't think you're the biggest Markstrom fan and – you know, he had a rough year last year, and he had a rough game last game, but I think he's been the best player on the team this this season. He's had – he's – I actually saw a random stat about a week ago. He was at 917, and league average is 904 this year. Or at least it was then. It's probably – it's obviously changed, but um, that's a stat I saw last week. I was like, holy shit, he's actually way above league, league average, not just in – expected saves and 
all, all the fancy stats that he's like top three in this year, but yeah. um, actually in the counting stats too. So, <laughs> yeah, right now he's at he's at nine ten for the yeah. season. I think that stat. I think I saw that on the uh, broadcast last night. They're talking about. But I think that was they gave a date since since a certain date he was a, he was in number. Oh, okay. Yeah, but no, I mean he's he's been pretty consistent um, for the for the most part this season. Um, obviously, the game against the Blues was not his best body of work. I I think he let in three goals that he would likely want to have back. Um, and he said that too, like he he in very not Jacob Markstrom like form because he's like almost too hard on himself a lot of the time. I find he's one of the only guys on the team who's really really holds himself accountable most of the time, but he not like, blames not like, one, one on bounces, which right. is not really something you hear from him very often. But that game winner, the way it bounced off the ice was kind of weird, but also he should have fucking had it. Um, yeah, his positioning was all out of whack, right? A hundred percent. But, yeah, you know, yeah. He I mean, it's said, you know, he should have – made several more saves than he did and you know he's and and by several at least one yeah <laughs> at least yeah. one and, and we were kind of at least getting a point out of that game that's yeah, refreshing to have a goaltender that normally will hold himself accountable opposed to say like a mike smith who it was always somebody else's fault every single goal I, my favorite is still and i know that it's like you know, way in the past, and like he he was playing for the Oilers at the time. But when Anderson threw that that uh, clearing attempt, almost from oh, the right. other side of the ice, from the offensive zone, yeah. or from the defensive zone rather, and just threw it up, and Smith was like trying to catch it and trying to catch it, and he just missed it, and it went in, and yeah. and he like went. Like the amount of excuses that came out of his mouth was freaking hilarious. Like, yeah. Oh, I lost it in the crowd. And oh, it's like, dude, whether you lost it in the crowd or not, it yeah. was in front of you for like 150 feet. Yeah. You just had to get in the way of it. <laughs> yeah. Literally your job. Yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've, uh, I've really been impressed with Markstrom lately. Um, I know. It, I think he holds more value than he's held in a while on the trade market. I don't think he will be traded um, because of complications with his no move clause and with the with his salary and with the team. You know, specifically the teams that are looking for goalies mm -hmm. and their salary structure and you know maybe the assets they would have to to move in return and all that type of stuff. I, I just don't see if there's a couple that I could see, but I just don't see him going to those places. Right. Like New Jersey. I don't think he's going to waive his no move clause to go to a team that's uh, well out of the playoffs picture last I checked. Yeah. Likely not. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Although that team needs a goalie and that would probably help them a lot, but still, <laughs> Yeah. The the amount of goalies that have gone down this year has actually been pretty surprising. I I honestly thought that there would be a chance that we could get him 
uh, into Toronto, even with some salary retained and all that fun stuff. But I mean, Jones has done a pretty decent job for them. You know, better than he I would have ever Samson anticipated. Pitch to shut out this evening. Right. Yeah. Right. The OT. The OT game. That's that's not normal for a Toronto fan base. I wonder wonder how they're dealing with that emotion. Uh, well, I saw my one buddy on Facebook put up a status that said Canada's team beat the Jets and shut them out. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! Like two out of their last eight or whatever they've won, and they're yeah back the, to the cup, I guess. The, the fucking Dallas Cowboys of the hockey world. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, Given I think he was trolling, but still. <laughs> I mean, you, you just never know with people nowadays, right? <laughs> exactly. It's, you just never know. I think uh, I think it's been exciting for me for the last couple of games, uh, seeing a couple of prospects get a chance to show us what they've got. In the, it's been uh, nice to see. I don't think any of them have really shone that brightly, whether it's, you know, Schwint or, or Klapka or – um, I think those yeah. are the only few that have come up recently, but <clears throat> yeah, Coronado back. Oh, Coronado's back. Yeah, yeah. I. It's good to see young players come up and play. Um, Cor- Coronado think- really had a, a a nice attempt uh, where he cut into- across the front of the net with the puck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a really was nice, a nice move. I gotta say, I like. I, I obviously I'm not a huge Kadri fan, but I've liked how he's playing recently. But I don't think putting Kadri and Coronado together is a good idea. I don't. I don't think so either. Um, Kadri shoots everything he can. Yeah. Coronado needs a. Sh- you know. Yeah needs the puck to shoot because that's his main skill is to shoot. So yeah. having a guy that always shoots is taking away from why Coronado's up in the first place. Yeah, I agree. I mean, keeping him with Zari makes sense because Zari makes plays happen and, and can get you the puck where Kadri is distributor. hundred percent. And Kadri just wants the puck so he can shoot it from any possible angle he possibly can put on it. Yeah. He's always trying to keep them all guessing, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, like I, I caught a little bit of shit for this too, but with Pospisil going down, and I love Pospisil. I've, I've liked what he's brought to the team. Um, I'm not exactly sure if he's, you know, meant to be a top six player uh, in the long run, but I think that he's been great in, in the role he's been given. Uh, for now, uh, mm-hmm. but I think that if you look at how Zari and Kadri and Pospisil have played well together, what makes that line work is what part of what makes it work is having a big physical shithead on the right wing, right? Mm-hmm. And right I and I know a lot of people are against having a fourth liner, a guy who's like a career fourth liner, play second line minutes. 
but AJ Greer is the most natural fit for what that line needs that we have. Wait, at opinion. least, at least while Pospisil is out, I mean that makes yeah. sense, right? You I don't mean, have to be giving him power play time. You don't have to be giving him. You you know he he doesn't have to play all of the minutes that Pospisil would play, but he should be on that line most of the game five on five, I think. And yep. Coronado can play on a different line, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, Coronado with with uh, with Backlund and Coleman, I think, would be an interesting gritty line. I think there'd be a. A, a lot of action there. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't see Coronado being a fit with with Huberdeau or Lindholm, which is weird because Huberdeau, you know, is that prolific passer that Coronado would likely need. I just don't know that he's ready for the passes of Huberdeau. So I don't want to make this this uh, uh, shit on Coronado deal because I he's he's had some really nice plays and obviously he's ripping up the AHL. I think that it's too, like, even though he's so good in the AHL, I think it's too soon for him to be a full-time NHLer. Um, He just, he gets muscled off the puck very easily and he loses it because uh, he, he just, overskates the puck and he's just it's not always on his his stick when it should be and he's just losing it you know what i mean yep whenever he gets to play with it it just seems like a little bit of pressure at the nhl level is too much for him well yeah i mean you gotta you gotta remember he's 510 and 180 pounds and so obviously it's gonna be a huge adjustment playing against nhl caliber yeah 100 percent and you know the best way to to gather that I think would be in the A. I think getting him that confidence and and build up his strength. I think he needs strength, a summer of NHL training. Yeah, he needs a summer like, with uh, Gary Roberts. Is what at he needs. the gym. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. want to get his get and, his strength up. And like I know my one buddy Kyle will watch this, and he's a huge Coronado fan and thinks Coronado is the next big thing, and like. I do think that Coronado will eventually be a really solid Phil mm-hmm. Kessel style second line scoring player, which is awesome for the Flames and awesome for us. And I want that. We need a right winger that can shoot. I just don't think now is. And if if you if him. if you look at other players of of his size, um, like the likes of Mangiapane and the likes of Dylan Dubé. You know, basically the same height, same weight on both of them. Those are two other guys that have an issue with being out-muscled in the corners and being bodied off the puck a lot. They do. So, I mean, it's a, it's a fair comparison, I think, right? Yeah. And, and you know, unfortunately, the other two have made careers in the NHL. You know, I, I don't know that – I mean, I would rather have – Coronado in the lineup over Mangiapane, but that's just a personal opinion. Well, I'd also um, rather have my dead grandmother in the lineup over Mangiapane, so there's that. I mean, they would both be laying, laying down on the ice the same amount of time. God, that feels bad. I uh, 
I, apo I apologize Oof. for your grandma. No, it's Jesus. fine. It's been, been a few years. Yeah, good. <laughs> I mean, not, not good. But. Um, yeah. More, uh, you know, turn of phrase, let's say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for the most, and like, I don't think Klapka or Schwint really uh, stood off the page. Like uh, Klapka had the had a really big hit. I want to say it was was it Nugent or it was Gagne behind the net. I think. Yeah, Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he absolutely rocked, rocked somebody. Yeah. Like looked over him. Like who's your daddy? It was quite funny, right? Because Klapka is yeah. a good big guy, right? He's six seven or something like that. Yeah, six kid. eight, six yeah. eight, two thirty five. Yeah, he's a huge guy. Um, yeah, harder to muscle off the puck. And I'd really, really like to see him get more more opportunity, more chance. Mm -hmm. um, and Schwint had one one shift. Did you notice his number? He was 79, right? So he thought he was uh, rolling with a train? Yeah, he thought he was Michael Furland out there. Yeah. <laughs> his, I think it was his first shift. He yeah. absolutely rocked somebody, and he muscled a bunch of guys off the puck. And, like, he's only 6'2", but he plays like he's 6'6", mm -hmm. which is good. Um, well, I, I mean, other than like a couple shifts, I don't think either of them really jumped off the page given they're, you know, on the fourth line, but well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's had three games in the NHL previous, so he should have an understanding of what he, what he can do to contribute to be noticed and potentially earn himself a spot on the roster. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, um, I, I would think it obviously didn't work out well in, in Florida, right? Because he only played the three. But you know, if, if he used used that as a as a learning tool, then you know, I would say the uh, the first shift was evidence of that. Yeah, and he also, I mean, he's been playing top line minutes in the AHL for a couple of years now, so um, that's yeah. good. And I, I, you know. I was mentioning this uh, this to a buddy of mine, and I'm curious what you think of it because obviously they're not going to send Coronado down. Um, given we have no other forwards <laughs> currently, <laughs> but uh, I I was thinking because Coronado, Klapka, and Schwint have played together in the AHL, I don't specifically. Like it's obviously dangerous to have like an AHL line come up and just play as an AHL line if you're going to give them high, like a whole bunch of minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you could kind of um, spread them out along special teams. Like I'd like to see Klapka in front of the net on PP2. I think that would be good. I, I think that would be good. I also wouldn't mind it if they had Greer in front of the net on, on the second power play either. I like that too. Yeah. Right. Like guys, you can... guys that can muck it up and, and not afraid to get dirty. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think so. Like most of those guys, well, especially Coronado, like you don't want to bring them up and just give them fourth line minutes. Right. But I think you could, because of how the flames roster is kind of structured and how they have, you know, almost three second lines and no first line. Mm -hmm. I think it would be, you know, you could just add 
them in and just kind of even out the minutes a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I not not play them five, six, seven minutes a game, maybe play them 11 minutes a game or something like that. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the, one of the issues I had with the game against St. Louis um where he had Klapka and Schwint and and uh and Greer uh, playing together. I mean, Klapka and, and Schwint only had like six and a half minutes each. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even even Greer at eight, eight and a half minutes. I think in a game that we were being heavily out-muscled, in my opinion, I think it would have been important to maybe get those guys some ice time to to fight back on that, on the, on the hitting scale and, and kind of get a little more even there. I could see that. The one thing I do want, like, I thought they were underwater a lot of the game. Like, yeah. a lot of their ice time, which wasn't very much of the game. But, um, you know, I wonder if that would have slowed down a little bit as the uh, game went on. If, you know, if, if they had, you know, another two minutes each, three minutes each, maybe, maybe they would have figured it out a little bit more. Because... Uh, like Schwint's first shift was really good. Yeah, well, that's what and I then mean. The rest right? of them were kind of there. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't, I don't know who Schwint would be or normally plays with for the Wranglers. Do you know? Uh, Klapka and Jones, I believe. Okay. Um, okay. Well, then there should. Was, there's... It was. Hospital and Zeri, I think. And then once they got up, I think it turned into Jones and Schwint. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Okay. Okay. Because, yeah, you, I, I didn't see really any chemistry between him and Klapka. No. But, I mean... I'm I'm sure the two of them were just kind of, you know, the you know the the excitement of the bright lights and you know and in the in the crowd I'm sure can can get you, mm-hmm. if if you're if you're not fully paying attention, right? Oh, 100 percent. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything that happens on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred bucks instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling problem. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024, all rights reserved. Like, I'm not expecting the team to 
win a whole bunch more games this season. Like they'll they'll win just enough to be, you know, maybe 18th at worst, 19th at worst. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that'll be unfortunately. Yeah. Team tank, uh, even, team tank. Yeah, even after they trade, because I'm, I'm getting really worried. Like, first of all, I'm getting worried that they're going to extend Hannafin and the deal is going to be ridiculous. Um, but I'm also getting worried that they're just going to trade Lindholm and instead of prioritizing picks, they're going to maybe go more in the, you know, sharing Govich in a third type of a way if you know what i mean which yeah. again i've loved sharing govich and the third round pick it's a third round pick but you know i i don't know i can't get a read off of what they're doing um oh i can. I, I mean like as far as the organization is concerned Oh, I, I mean, no. I mean that's all. I mean, I I can, but I I I just I just don't see how it's like if if you're paid to manage a team and and you're looking at the standings, you're looking at you know the fact that that's the problem. All the teams have games in hand, and it's like. You know, if we can just go on like a Edmonton Oiler type winning streak, then we're right in there, baby. And and, and to look at our roster and think that that's even a possibility is just fucking ridiculous. And you know, and and I, I know Conroy's likely got his hands tied as every other GM that has been in the city. But I mean, like, there's got to be a way to present it to the owners and be like, look. Like we we need to do Try this. something different. Yeah, we've been doing the same thing for thirty fucking years, and it has not worked. Yeah, hasn't worked. Like there has to be at some point where the owners, the entire time they've owned the team, has been this middle mediocre bullshit. There has to be a time where somebody can get through to Murray Edwards and be like, "Look, you're you're." You're spinning your wheels, bud. Like this, this, it's not working. It's not going to work. It won't work in the future. It's not working now. It hasn't worked in the past. I, I think that one of the things about the ownership group, and maybe not so much John Bean because he's a bit younger, but Murray Edwards is at an age where maybe he won't be around in four years. Maybe he won't be around in five, six, seven years. You know, so I, devil's advocate, I totally agree with you, but devil's advocate is, you know, if you were about to croak, you want to make the most money possible over the next couple of years, mm -hmm. right? And from a business sense, it makes sense for somebody who's about to croak to do that. But from a, from a business sense, 10 years ago, he should have not been like that. And Ken King should have not been like that. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, he, like he's in, he's in his sixties, right? Like it's, it's, it's not like, it's not like the oh, I thought he was in his seventies. 
Yeah, he's like he's he was born in '59, December 10th, '59. So like he's not like I'm not saying that he's young, but he's I mean he's not he's not at the 80 mark. He's not you know he's pretty sure he doesn't walk around with an oxygen tank. Like no, he's got he's got some years left, right? And and as far as the money is concerned, if 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 somebody that is older is worried about money when you're already as rich as he that is much that's, money yeah like like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard like as I'm not saying you're you're stupid for the argument of it but i'm just well that to me that to me just doesn't make sense well i mean it, it, make it, sense it, from, it could be from, what he's thinking but well it doesn't make sense for me that he wants because you know it's a well-known um rumor but basically fact that he wants you know that the two games or maybe three games of playoff revenue, mm -hmm. um, which also doesn't make sense because like the, however much that is, isn't that much in relation to how much he has already. Right. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you're splitting that a few ways and all that fun stuff. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like somebody has got to get through like, like, surely he would rather be the owner of a team that that contends for a cup. Like, wouldn't that feel better? Wouldn't, wouldn't that it, wouldn't that help your portfolio slightly? Would, wouldn't it be better to have <laughs> eight, ten playoff? You know, eight to sixteen games of playoff revenue. Wouldn't right. wouldn't that be better than having two? Well, exactly, because with every round, <laughs> the revenue just gets higher for that round right and also the revenue gets higher because i think something that that a lot of people don't understand about um canadian teams and it's something that i don't do because i don't buy into the you know oh canadian team has to win a cup i would buy into calgary's got to win a cup i don't really give a fuck about the other canadian teams but mm -hmm. a lot of people in canada hop bandwagons a lot mm -hmm. of people hop bandwagons in 2004 there was a lot of Vancouver fans and a lot of Montreal fans and a lot of Toronto fans who were on our bandwagon. Mm -hmm. Last year, there was a lot of fans from around the NHL that were on Edmonton's bandwagon. You know, like it, it's what happens. Yeah. I mean, it, I know it happens. It's, it it's seems stupid. ridiculous to me, but it's stupid to me, but it yeah. happens. Right? I, I so, can't, I can't spend my entire those, life hating a team. And then all of a sudden, because they're in the playoffs, be a fan of them. Like, fuck well, that's, not. that's not how I it. look at it. But <laughs> from a business standpoint, you know, more people are going to buy merch. More people are going to mm. watch the game. More people are going to order stuff more. You know, there's going to be more dome foams you're selling, mm -hmm. you know, well that's right more and and as as the playoffs continue on the weather gets better you get to fill up the the uh, parking the lot, lot at the you know at the, is that what they called it the red lot yeah yeah i mean that's that's just revenue right and it's i don't know i i feel like he's he's truly missing out on revenue by what he's been doing i 100 percent agree yeah but, but. that's that's my thought. I wanted to get your thoughts on some because I know as far as six defensemen are concerned, kind of switching gears here, but um, mm -hmm. Dennis Gilbert, he's had a really good season. Um, 
since he's come back from his injury, I think he's struggled quite a bit. Yeah, he hasn't. He he definitely hasn't been the same as he was before that injury. Yeah, he had one game where Tanev was out, where he blocked like seven shots or something. He like basically decided he was gonna, mm-hmm. you know, bring out his inner Tanev and emulate everything Tanev does. But uh, other than that, I feel like he's been kind of um, like he had a really really rough game last night. I'm not pinning the loss on anybody last night because there was. Oh, that a bunch of you know Markstrom wasn't great and Gilbert had some gaffes and Weger was the best flame on the ice but made like the worst turnover also yeah, yeah he and, was pretty upset about that <laughs> yeah yeah but and, that's know. another player that holds himself accountable which I like to see well, I I mean that that man needs to have a letter on his chest I agree I mean and I think they should decide who they want to take it away and literally rip it off in the locker room in between periods and just put it on. Well, they should have given them one anyways, <laughs> exactly. in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, 100%. It should be Lindholm, yeah. honestly. Yeah, um, 100%. I mean, how, like, how do you continue to have a player with a letter on his chest that refuses to sign a contract that doesn't want to be on the team any longer? Like, how do you give him a letter? Yeah. I know. That's just my thought. I'm yep. at least speculated. Whatever. You can well, see it. You can well, see it with his body movements and his, he wants, and his... To, he wants to play for the team if they pay him nine million dollars over for, for eight years. Shit. I'd play for the team for six. I'd I'd take eight seventy five. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, don't lowball me, motherfucker. They're not <laughs> lowballing you. That's fucking almost eight times as much as they make now. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. More than eight times as much as they make now. Fuck. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, what do you think about Gil? You think he's been having a bit of a rough time lately, uh, Dennis Gilbert? I think I think he's been having a, a rough time for sure. Um, I think I don't think he's responded well to pretty much having a new D partner every game. Mm, I can agree with that. Well, it's been awfully for a couple games now. Yeah, I think yeah, you're, you're likely right on that. And um, I think I think that's what part of the problem. I think Australia is a complete fucking train wreck. <laughs> um, I don't think he's as bad as as you do. Um not not saying that he's good. But I mean he's only been Gilbert's been back what two games? Uh, two, three, something like that. Yeah, because he didn't he didn't play against Montreal. He played against uh, Edmonton and uh, and the yeah. Blues. So I think it's I think it's been two games. Yeah, and he's been right around the ten minute mark and a, and a minus one in each one of those games. He at least had a couple of hits against Edmonton, which you know. If, at least do something. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's just ramping up. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that, that bothered me a little bit, and I don't know what the logistics of it were, but I know they sent uh, Nick DeSimone down. Yeah. Um, I thought DeSimone was 
maybe not much better than Austerly, but at least marginally enough that he should have been playing over over Austerly um, most of the time. And again, not saying he was good, like just. Well, I um, think I think what happened there was his game against the Leafs was really bad. Yeah, and that was the last time he played. So, fair enough. Um, yeah, the, the the two people that were sat out in in uh, the game against St. Louis were the two people sent down, or put on waivers for the purpose of being sent down. Yeah, Andrew, just uh, like, are you just over it? I mean, yeah, honestly, I mean, he, he in my opinion, he. He had it by the balls. All he had to do is put in that effort, right? And we, you and I have talked about it numerous times on this on this show that you know he has the skill, he has the ability, he lacks effort, and he, he lacks give a shit. I've and I've said it, like you said, we've talked about it on the show mm-hmm. before, and and I know it's probably a bit of an exaggeration, but mm-hmm. I I truly think that if he had the give a shit of maybe not Mangiapane this year, but Mangiapane most years. Because mm-hmm. um, you can't, you know, as much as we fault Mangiapane's effort, or sorry, fault Mangiapane's skill, you can't really fault his effort most of the time, I think. Yeah. Yep, but exactly. if you take Mangiapane's effort and you put it in, into the skill and size of Adam Ruziska, you have, like, Mario Lemieux. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. You You... You you now have somebody that can play on your first line. Eric Lindros. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Then then you then you have your replacement for Lindholm. You can trade him. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right? Yeah. Um and, and it's too bad because we've seen flashes. Like he played uh he was playing with Lindholm for a couple games last year. He was you know, he's played with some high high skilled guys mm-hmm. and he's had some shifts where you your jaw is on the floor and he's pulled off some moves where your jaw is on the floor and you just can't believe that this guy did that and like then he you know goes and sits in the in the dressing room for for uh uh intermission mm-hmm. comes back out and it's like he just forgot that he gives a shit <laughs> Yeah. And then continues to do that for the next fifteen games. It's yeah, it's mind it's, it's really bizarre, right? Because you mean, see it, you see the skill. Yeah, yeah, you see the skill. He's a big kid. You know, he, he can be physical. He's not overly mm-hmm. physical, but he's like he when he's when he's in the zone and on. He's he's a good gritty player with great hands. I don't think he's physical in the the hitting sense. I think he's good at muscling guys on the boards, exactly, and stuff like that. When he's yeah. on, but when he's not on, he's like uh, fucking Sergey Kostitsin. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, he, like when, when he's not on, easiest he, you can be. Yeah, he does not care, and yeah. and you cannot light a fire under him. It appears right mm-hmm. when he's when he gets into that mode. It's and that mode will last two or three games. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he comes back. It was like, oh yeah, that's man, Adam. There he is. It's good news. Let's let's keep on this train. And then I mean, yeah. ten games maybe. And then I, I wouldn't say two or three games. Yeah. The, that mode lasts for about ten games, and he comes back and plays a good 
you know, five or four or five periods. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And I mean, and honestly, you know, just the fact that he can't stay on the, you know, within the roster, right? Like he gets healthy, scratched a lot and, you know, he, it I doesn't mean, light a fire under him. No, exactly. It doesn't motivate him to try harder to stay in the lineup. I think that's part of the problem with, with the NHL pay structure is, you know, you make your money, you make your money, right? Instead of earning your money every game or every season. Yeah. Yeah. And like Walker Dewar has been fucking bad this year, but he gives a shit. Like I I would like, I'd rather see him in, obviously he's down with the Wranglers now, but I'd rather see him in the lineup 90% of the time over Rizisca. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, I guess uh they they got sent down today or did they get sent down yesterday? Did they clear? I thought I thought they put got put on waivers today. Was it today? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cuz okay. they were just healthy scratch last uh against against the Blues, so I, I think it's Do you just... think they get Yeah, yeah, that's true. Do you think they get uh, waived, or sorry, uh, claimed. I don't think so. As if I'm correct, I'm just looking it up right now. I believe, I don't think he's at uh, league minimum. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he signed a deal. Yeah, he's making seven hundred and sixty-two thousand, which is a very odd number. Mm-hmm. But that's don't actually for, less than his entry level. That's uh, forty grand less than his entry level deal was. Yeah, that's that's what you get, right? Yep. So you know what? Actually, at seven sixty-two, I could see him getting claimed. Yeah, and if he does, then. You know, I wish him all the luck. Yeah, we were talking to our buddy Matt earlier today about it, and um, if he if he doesn't, then great. If he does, whatever. Um, I'm I'm over it. Mm-hmm. Personally, I've seen I've seen too many seasons of it now where it's he just doesn't care. Um, D Simone, I don't think he actually. I could be wrong on this, but I don't think he actually can get claimed because he's been up and down so many times this year. Is that how that works? Um, I think if you clear, I don't know. I think it's a certain amount of games, but I think that yeah. uh, um, if you clear waivers, then you don't have to clear waivers again for a certain amount of days or games or weeks or something like that. Um, so he might have to, but either way, he hasn't been claimed before, so I doubt he gets claimed again. Um, I could see Rusiska getting claimed, I, you know. Yeah, and yeah, like I said, so be it. <clears throat> yeah, because remember that happened with uh, Phillips last year, not to bring him up, but um, he got sent down, brought up, and then sent down again and didn't have to clear the second time because of... Mm-hmm. Uh, the rules. Sorry, I you know I know a lot about the NHL 
salary cap and the that type of stuff but some of the rules are beyond me they're beyond a lot of people it, it would appear yeah but yeah he's got the, he has the same contract eh? Uh, nick nick does de simone 762 500. that must be minimum that must be minimum yeah because it was 750 last year i think but and and his his minor salary is uh, three twenty five, hmm. where where uh, Adams is actually more. <laughs> is it eight hundred? Seven seventy five. Yeah. So, so I I suppose they were confident that he wasn't going down. I guess right. Well, I think well I I think he's on a one way, isn't he? I could. Mm. So. Yeah, and yeah, he his contract contract expires with Arbright's as a as an RFA. So, <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I I I don't like his chances of a huge pay pay increase. But I feel the the arbitrator is probably just going to uh, tell him what all of his previous coaches have told him. Yeah, try harder. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, what should we get into here? You want to get into it? When it did the elephant in the room to finish off the show? I guess so. Let's do some of the depressing, disappointing shit. But yeah, let's yeah. Do it. you know, as as uh, as as we started off with the intro, um, you know, the 2018 Team Canada Junior Team, led by none other than. Mr. Dylan Dubé as their captain um, have they've got themselves in some hot water as everybody knows it's been going on for a number of years this investigation um, it's I, been going I, on for so long many people forgot yeah I, I believe the uh, the the victim was paid a settlement to kind of go away to which uh, the London Police Department decided no that's not how this works and so they've been doing their investigation for some time and have now called on five players to turn themselves in for the purpose of i assume in just communication of some kind i we don't really know at this this point because they're keeping it pretty close to the best but of course with the speculation comes everybody looking at who potentially it could be and of course there's been uh uh, four players that have been that have taken a leave of absence from from their team to within the last two days. Within within the last two days, it's I mean it's it's highly speculative. Obviously, you know, we got also uh, Card- very coincidental, super coincidental. I believe Dylan was the first one, and his was listed with as mental health reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the Carter other, Hart. yeah, and then Carter Hart, and then. Uh, and then, of course, uh, a couple of guys from from uh, Jersey or who played Callen, for Jersey what, and, and Michael McLeod. McLeod. Yeah, yeah, Michael McLeod. Um, all uh, as we well as many uh, who hasn't played in the NHL because of this for quite some time yeah. has left his team in Switzerland. I want to say or Sweden or wherever he's at in mm-hmm. Europe. He, he's on his way back to. 
Yeah, which is which is interesting, right? I mean, to have somebody leave country to come back. I mean, obviously, obviously, he's a person of interest for for whatever reason. Um, him, he he was uh, drafted by Ottawa, right? So in Ottawa, so. Ottawa refused to re-sign him after all the allegations came out. Good on them. And uh, I think highly speculative and also it happened uh i want to say like a year and a half ago or something like that now but i believe mm -hmm. that whole situation was more along the lines of him not wanting to be around these guys and not uh I, like how do i say this more more like he wanted to get the fuck out of dodge and less <laughs> that ottawa wanted him to get the fuck out of dodge i think it was more him wanting to get the fuck out of dodge yeah, could be. Yeah, <clears throat> some some people run from their troubles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, Again, obviously, I could be wrong on that. That's yeah. this all is, of this, this stuff we could be wrong on. It's just unfortunately uh, a reality. Um, however, I do want to say that I've been um outspoken on this show before a couple years ago and last year and earlier this year um every time the team canada thing comes up um you know it needed to be figured out it's still not figured out the mm -hmm. whole situation is ridiculous that it's taken this long to to get to where it is which is like barely anywhere yeah so um at least it's moving in what seems to be a, a good direction um um up until this year i've always been a fan of dubay on the ice but if he does uh if you know innocent until proven guilty but if this is uh true if what's been speculated is true then he can fuck right off and yeah that's about it in my opinion yeah, it, it'll free up cap space for the Flames, and we move on. And you know, if if Hopefully the young lady finds some peace, hundred percent. If uh, you know, if the speculation is true, and and he's found guilty in court, then yeah, and not just Dubé, all the rest of those guys. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. All of them. Yeah, anybody that was involved in you know, as as it's been described in in my opinion, pretty horrific act. Um, from what from I've read don't need to get into it you can google that if you want yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah as a as a, as a <laughs> as as a father i just i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine what the family would be uh, going through uh, you know even now right like it's been 6 years for god's sake and it's still and it's it's still going on so hopefully they can eventually get some closure i hope that uh the London Police Department uh, does their press conference, I believe, in a in a week or two, um, to maybe shed some light. Days. Yeah, yeah. Sh shed some light for everybody. And like I said, so in the interim, we've got four players in the NHL that are not with their teams, um, speculated to be on their way to London to to uh, face whatever's happening there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if Dubé is found to be guilty, then sayonara. It'll save us uh, uh, three mil plus 
you know, because his contract was going into ARB after this year too. So whatever, you move forward and then you, you move on as far as the organization is concerned. Agreed. And I, I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that whether or not the 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 law does what it's supposed to do in this in, like i i hope that the law does what it's supposed to do in in mm -hmm. this situation but uh if it even if it doesn't i hope um the nhl and anything hockey canada can do which is probably pretty minuscule at this point but anything the nhl can do whether it's suspensions whether it's whatever like it, these guys need to be held accountable and um yeah, things like this usually get swept under the rug, and I'm happy that it that it's uh, doesn't seem to be. Yeah, no, that, that's that's exactly it. It's it's not being swept under under the rug. They're you know if they did it, they're not going to get away with it, in my opinion. Um, I I think the NHL has a pretty tarnished um, image, uh, a reputation over the last I don't know ten years almost, and this is certainly not going to help because. You know, in in my opinion, I, I would think that they knew or know at least the majority of the actual story. And if nothing has been done to this point, I think that's a very bad look on them. Well, I think they've been part of the legal process, so I'd hope that they would know at least mm -hmm. part of it mm -hmm. more than we know, yeah. which is not much. Not much, right? Yeah, the, the whole the whole thing's been pretty tight lip, right? Since since the beginning, which you know, obviously you want to. And like protect, protect the identity of the victims and all that fun stuff. So it's anyone watching this show, pretty much. I mean, I guess Dubé is from the Calgary area, so maybe mm. not everybody watching the show, but most people watching the show, um, Chris and I included, you know, are pretty separated from the whole thing. Um, but for me personally, it's been frustrating um, seeing article after article six months apart with mm -hmm. literally nothing new. Yeah. Um, for a couple of years now. And it's just like finally something is actually happening. So see where it goes. Yeah. All right, so now that we got that garbage out of the way, Flames have uh, two more games before the All-Star break. Um, Thursday night against Columbus, and then uh, Chicago's in town on Saturday. What do you What do you figure? <clears throat> how are we How are we going to do in those two games? Um, I thought we were done the depressed the depressing talk. Or Hey man, you're on Team Tank, so unless you're gonna say that it's depressing that they might win, I don't want to yeah. hear it. It's funny. I texted <laughs> into 960 the other day. There was a bunch of people getting pissed off about Mark Savard, and I'm like, well, I mean, the team is paying him to tape sticks and not really do much with the power play, but um, a shitty play power play actually helps Team Tanks. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I. I We'll win one of the games. Which one? And we'll be embarrassed out of the building in the other one. I don't know which one. They're both terrible teams. 
yeah, I've, I, I think we, uh, I think we win against Chicago on a Saturday night, but I think Columbus is going to have our, our number because, uh, well, that's just, just the way we roll with, uh, with lower seated teams, right? Lay down. Lay down. Hundred percent. I mean, we're only ten points ahead of Columbus, so you know we can start off with giving them two on on Thursday night. Like, why not? Let's just up our stock. I just want to throw this out there too, like to, to the people who want us to squeak into the playoffs and are all happy about how good Blake Coleman is doing. Um, the fact that Blake Coleman is our highest scorer is a fucking problem. Yeah. It's Don't get not, me wrong. It's, it's great I, that he's doing good, but it's bad for the team that Blake Coleman is their top scorer. <laughs> he is a third-line shutdown player. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I love <laughs> the fact that he's having a stellar year. I mean, a career year for somebody of his age and his, uh, his, his career. That's, that's freaking great for him, not great for the team. Hey, do you know what we didn't bring up at all this whole time? What? Shillington potentially playing against Columbus on Thursday night for the first time in a year and a half. I don't know if if that's going to happen, um, but he's played a couple games in the AHL. I've seen some, uh, some highlights, and I've seen him skating around with the team, um, and it seems like he's – and they sent DeSimone down, so – it kind of makes but to, sense. Yeah, but DeSimone plays left wing, doesn't he? Well, doesn't Shillington play left wing too? <laughs> True. Fair point. <laughs> Fair point. Anyways, <laughs> um, honestly, though, and this is, you know, kind of in the same vein as, as you know, even though I've been a Dubé fan in the past and he's, you know, fuck him if this is if this is bad i haven't been a shillington fan in the past but if he's playing that's fucking great yeah exactly i'm, I'm happy for him but you know like life is more important and if he get if he can get back to his nhl career and you know if he can be the catalyst to come in and and um make trading Hannafin or Tanev more palatable for the front office. Mm -hmm. That's great for, yeah. for all involved. And especially for his mental health, I think getting back to playing regular uh, NHL games at the level he's capable of um, hopefully is, is going to happen and is good for him. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I think I think I think he if he gets into the lineup tomorrow he'll have a pretty good um pretty good ovation from the from the fans I would suspect I mean he's he's been pretty widely liked by the by the fan base over the years I do believe um they yeah you know yeah I wish him I wish him well I hope he can get into the lineup that would be cool uh, cap friendly still has him on uh, LTIR but of course they're going to hold out until the bitter end on that Mm -hmm. So that that likely that status likely wouldn't change until you know at least noon one o'clock tomorrow if if it if in fact it is the uh, the case. 
Yeah. So. And you know what? I'm going to knock on wood here because um, as as the media says, you know, mental health isn't a linear thing, so we don't know if he's going to be in or not. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's imminent at this point, whether yeah. it's whether it's Columbus, whether it's Chicago, whether it's after the all-star break whether it's three weeks away i i, I think he's gonna get in um play yeah 10 15 games this year yeah yeah exactly i think i think it's definitely gonna happen he's already played a couple of games uh for the wranglers which is cool you know mm-hmm. we got in got in got in some some ice time a bit of conditioning because i mean and the wranglers coach said his legs are still uh as like, they were which is good as he's been quick uh as far as skating is concerned but is uh that, that, that's that's awesome because like one of my one of my main things with with him has always been that he, he looks like bambi on ice sometime when he's skating around right yeah so if his legs well, are the same then he hasn't well, skipped a beat fast though oh right he's, fast he is fast though he is just fast. just like you is, is fast anyways that's right. um but yeah, the, the coach also said, you know, he's, uh, his reaction time needs some work. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, whether, uh, whether he needs a couple more. That'll come with practice more, and, uh, and game experience, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. All right, well, um, I think we'll probably call it there, eh? I think so. Uh, go ahead and smash that like button. Please share us uh, with, with your friends if you can. We uh, want to get some some followers up on on. Uh, YouTube, on uh, Spotify, on Apple, iHeart, everywhere. Uh, follow us on uh, Facebook, obviously, Armchair GM Podcast, and uh, Armchair GM underscore pod on X. And thanks for uh, tuning in for another show. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Go Flames. We'll get back into it a little bit more, uh, more frequently over the next little while. Um, I had a first aid course I had to do the, over the last couple of weeks, so we haven't been able to do one in the last couple of weeks. But uh, we'll we'll be uh, back to weekly, I think. Here, maybe do a couple lives in the next little while as well. Uh, some mm-hmm. post game shows. I like it. All, All right. right, everybody. Here's Cheers. everybody. Go Flames.